Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danker together with Ziaul Raushan. And when you're in the off-season, you start thinking, you know, especially if uh, you've won the league, uh, what do you need to do to make sure you stay on top? First things first, Elliot, off-season is my favourite time of the year. Of course, I like to watch football week in, week out, don't get me wrong. But off-season, with the transfer rumours and all the ins and outs, it's really exciting. I think it's really taken a whole new shape in the social media era that we live in where any Tom, Dick and Harry is linked to any Tom, Dick and Harry club. So it's it's quite exciting. I enjoy the rumourville very much. And I think to your question, there are a lot of clubs who are going to be very, very busy, especially clubs that have uh, won their domestic leagues because mm. you always need to strengthen when you're in a mm. position of power. Mm. So we're going to talk about the champions of the various teams around Europe and we'll start off in England. Manchester City winning the Premier League. Last season when they won, everyone said that in order for them to continue to dominate, they needed to sign a striker. They got themselves two in uh, Erling Haaland and Julian Alvarez. Not so what bad. do they need to do for the 2023-24 season? I think they need to clear the 115 charges, financial <laughs> breach charges they are, that are clouding their, their achievement at this point. Yeah. And look, City are an all-conquering team. Look, Pep Guardiola has done so well to uh, embed Erling Haaland into the side. It hasn't been straightforward. It mm. hasn't been just a matter of plonking a good old striker there. And Haaland is a very, very good striker. He's had to tweak tactically. But I think, if anything, if you're being hypercritical of this Man City team who have strength and depth everywhere. It's Rodri and how important yeah. he is to that team, right? Yeah. That centre midfield position. I know we talk a lot about Casemiro and stuff like that, but Rodri is really a master in that position himself. Yeah. Maybe perhaps trying to look towards the future and try and bring someone new into that position. It's really clutching at straws with this Man City team because they are so strong already. I I, I don't know. I cannot un- answer that question off the top of my head. They probably just have to keep hold of Pep Guardiola for as long as he wants <laughs> and try and hope that he doesn't you know, get bored of the challenge, especially yeah. if Man City go out and conquer everything and everything they can at the end of this season. Right. I mean, I, I do wonder um, when, when we talk about Manchester City, where can you improve? And they look just amazing, right? I'm thinking, and I completely agree with you, maybe what they need to do during the summer is to uh, get a proper backup to Rodri and start thinking uh, post Kevin De Bruyne, mm. who for me is still the most important uh, player in this Manchester City side. I do foresee potentially they might have to let go of the likes of uh, Calvin Phillips, who has not been able to make the mark, right? I mean, Jack really has certainly come forward this season and I'm, I suppose he's going to get even better next season as he gets a little bit more mature in the game. So, realistically, it's about planning for the future. Yeah, I like your point about Calvin Phillips and then you make reference to Jack Grealish. Look, Jack Grealish had a bit of an underwhelming first yes, season. Yes, Came leaps and bounds in the second season. I think a lot of people will be hoping the same for uh, Calvin Phillips as mm. well. Although he's not going to get as much game time because like we spoke about earlier, yeah. Rodri is blocking his way into that first team, right? For Man City, Perhaps, just perhaps, if they want to make things a bit more interesting for themselves, then Pep Guardiola can go down the route of uh, selling his best players to Arsenal or something and then allow them to put up a charge, right? I think for Man City, especially if they go out and conquer everything, it's about keeping motivation levels high in a team. And I heard Eddie Howe say this going into next season for Newcastle. Yes, it's all good keeping a winning team, but you need some fresh faces to come in for fresh impetus, for Mm. fresh motivation. And Guardiola has proven time and again to be the master of this. If you ask me this time last year, would Raheem Sterling be leaving the club? I would be like, no, he's a key player for Man City. Lo and behold, Pep Guardiola went out and sold him to Chelsea. Mm. And despite selling Sterling, who was one of their key players, has made 
maintain that standard. So it could catch us by surprise. I mean, obviously, Pep Guardiola is privy to much more than me and you here. So possibly he would see whose motivations are lacking, who, yeah. who needs a kick up their backside, for the lack of a better term. <laughs> and it'll be interesting to see because the City team, if they do it right, they could be on the cusp of building a real dynasty here. Okay, who do you think, very quickly, realistically, in the Premier League can challenge Manchester City next year? I think it depends on who has the best transfer window and that doesn't necessarily just mean who you're buying because the likes of Chelsea need to sell a few players before they even have consider having squad harmony or any tactical identity or anything like that. So for me, I think I feel like Pochettino coming to Chelsea is a huge move, is a good move and Chelsea missing out entirely on Europe is also good for them because then they concentrate fully on the Premier League, right? Then Mm. you get to train Monday to Friday before your weekend game and Pochettino will need that time to embed his ideas into the team. For me, Chelsea is a team that I have earmarked as potential title challengers next year. Obviously, I think if Manchester United get their transfers right, Ten Hag can be in the conversation. He can bring it there. And for me, Arsenal can only grow strength on strength. I see one team. You give me so many teams. Okay, moving on to Italy. Got Napoli. To my bets. My foot. <laughs> uh, Napoli, of course, uh, winning Serie A this year. They have a whole bunch of other problems with mm. their manager leaving. Um, where do they need to strengthen? Because we know they're probably going to lose quite a number of players. Yeah, this is uh, true of Napoli. When we had that conversation with uh, Kausta Pandey, who's yeah. the Italian football expert, we asked him if Napoli winning is the Leicester equivalent of the league. The way it's falling by the wayside for Napoli with their manager set to leave, key players probably going, I do feel this league title might be as good as it gets. Perhaps they can hope for a fairy tale Champions League run. But for now, I feel if they lose Spalletti, who's the real driving the force real behind driving it, force, yeah. then it's difficult. And then you lose the like of Asimhan, who's guaranteed you goals up front. It's going to be difficult yeah. for them. So I feel like Napoli just enjoy the, the ride in Europe and then see where the season takes you. I, I'm going to go with Inter Milan or even AC Milan realistically challenging next year. I'm not too sure about Juventus yet. They, they seem to be in a start-stop motion after the years that they've dominated Serie A. Uh, but it'll be quite interesting to see what uh, Simeone Inzaghi is doing uh, over at Inter Milan. Yeah, it would be. I think with Inter and AC, they have to be considered the powerhouses in Serie A at the moment because yeah. Juventus are just mired by too many boardroom troubles to put up a, yeah. a potential fight yeah. in the league, right? But too much distraction. Exactly. And, and for, for for competitiveness hopefully the two Milan clubs and Napoli put up a good fight yeah. for the Scudetto okay uh, let's move on to something more fun put your hands out and raise those levers Barcelona La Liga champions this year of course uh, going into next season what do they need to do uh, to stay ahead of Real Madrid well played well played Barcelona levers or not levers Xavi's <laughs> had a first fantastic full season oh, in yes. charge with Barcelona I think their focus needs to be on bringing in experience because you I feel so? I think so I feel like they've let Gerard Piquet Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba leave yeah, the club yeah. and in that captainship circle is just Sergi Roberto who's left in terms of a senior member yeah. of that team. And they're not going to be playing at the new Camp next year. Exactly. So there's different factors which will... If you're a very young side, you need a bit of leadership. Obviously, okay. there's big, big rumours that Lionel Messi might come back. Yeah. Andres Iniesta recently mm-hmm. left Vissel Kobe. Mm-hmm. Does he now start to earn his coaching strikes coaching with Xavi yeah. by yeah. his side. That could be something romantic, something <laughs> yeah. interesting to, to watch out for. Messi eventually, maybe one year left, playing at the club and then he moves into a coaching position at Barcelona. It's, Who knows? it's going to be interesting, but with Barcelona, I just feel 
Yes, last season they won the league and won it at a canter, but Real Madrid didn't really show up for the league yeah. fight last year. I think Real Madrid will be in the conversation next year. But leadership for me is going to be very important for Barcelona. So whatever levers they need, they better pull it quick because they're going to have to spend big to bring in experienced players. I think a good backup to Robert Lewandowski is uh, really required. He's had a great first season, but this guy is getting older. Roberto Firmino is available uh, if Barcelona are interested. Uh, apparently, there were even rumours uh, going around that uh, Real Madrid might be looking there because uh, they've got a have a good backup to Karim Benzema as well. All right. Um, over in France, uh, Paris Saint Germain winning league on whatever every year anyway. <laughs> Farmers uh, League. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> Shots fired. I mean, do they realistically need to challenge? I- I'm personally surprised that uh, Christophe Gatia has uh, remained in charge for the entire season. This guy is a hard man, disciplinarian, um, and the culture at PSG has it's been demanded that that culture change from the superstar type of players. Neymar is a name that uh, is being thrown when people talk about who's going to leave. Yeah, exactly. This PSG team, right? It's weird because sometimes in football when you win the league at the yeah. end of the season there's this sense of euphoria, sense of celebration. With PSG almost feel like it's a sense of relief because they've had so many off-pitch yeah. dramas Drama, like you mentioned, yeah, right? Yeah. The likes of Messi, Neymar. They've even tried this different managerial route. They brought in Christophe Galtier who's yep. done well but they also went down the Hollywood route in the years gone by. So at this moment I don't know what PSG want to do. I think yeah, exactly. Can, exactly. So I think what they can do is to be fair, Mbappe has come out and said look, no time for rumours. I'm going to remain at PSG. So we talk about this massive front three they have in Messi, Neymar and Mbappe. Mm. Mbappe will stay for sure. Mm. I think Messi obviously is gone because his contract is up. Neymar will eventually have to be moved on. I do think PSG... Winning the league is not exciting for them anymore. It's weird. The signings they make is weird. I mean, you would have one season where they bring in uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma. Wow, what a superstar goalkeeper, right? But then you got Renato Sanchez uh, in the midfield or, or Vitinha in the midfield. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. These are lesser-known players. You bring them in. What's going on here? And I'm still trying to figure out what, what Gartier is trying to build. But, I mean, he's made it very clear before. It's more culture uh, than anything else. Yeah, exactly. And you talk about culture. You talk about, I think, PSG are a club desperate for European success, yes, right? In the weeks yes. gone by, we've spoken about possibly Jose Mourinho arriving. If you want sure. someone to come in and change the culture, he's your guy, right? And if you want European success, he's clearly he's, your guy. Yeah, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see if PSG take one final bet on a superstar manager just to see if he can get Ooh. it right. But I tell you what, PSG fans want to be entertained. The Parisians can be very particular about yep. their football they want to watch. So they need to be careful about making a deal with the devil in Jose Mourinho. <laughs> Speaking from PTSD <laughs> as a Manchester United fan, I love Jose Mourinho to the bits, but he didn't bring the attractive football that the club demands. I think PSG, if they do make the deal with the devil, it's okay if they win the Champions League, but they cannot look for a long-term dynasty yeah. being built under Jose Mourinho. That's what I always say. You can't have everything, all right? Uh, okay, final uh, place we're going to turn to is Germany and the Bundesliga where Bayern Munich... Uh, and we brought this up, uh, you know, a couple of days or, or a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the, 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 the final day fiasco, so to speak. You see these Bayern players, those that have won seven, eight, nine titles in a row not really enjoying the celebrations, you know, winning the Bundesliga on goal difference, I believe. Yep. Um, what Replacing Robert Lewandowski has to be priority number one. Yeah, it has to be. They, they thought Sadio Mane would do the trick, not essentially a like-for-like like replacement, but he thought they would supply him with goals. It hasn't really worked out. With Bayern, I'm actually quite excited because oh, yeah. I feel... 
yes, it was very unfair the way they parted ways with Nagelsmann, but they okay. brought in Thomas Tuchel, and despite whatever you want to say about his impact in the first few months he had, he won the league. He he yeah, got the sure. first first tick done, right? Yeah. So now he has a bit of a buy-in, and this buy-in team is a bit in a stage where it needs a bit of re- rejuvenation, yeah, right? How yeah. long have we seen the likes of Thomas Muller play for that club? Yeah. Philip Lam play for that club? All great players, right? Uh, Joshua Kimmich still playing for yeah. that club. Marcel Sabitzer is still on the payroll. So I feel like Bayern are at a stage where they need a bit of rejuvenation. And in Thomas Tuchel, they have a great tactician who's going to try and mould his identity on the team and hopefully make something of the club. So I do think Bayern are in a phase where this is the time for them to possibly go out, rejuvenate and then come back stronger and hopefully conquer the continent as well. I feel like and I can already predict who's uh, going to be the first signing for Thomas Tuchel. Go on. No, no, no. The first signing to come in. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Pierre-Emerick Obama Young. Yeah, probably you talk about <laughs> replacements, right? He's unwanted at a few clubs. Why not? To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.